Happy New Year. Hey, everyone. It's Carl. And Zach. <laughs> We're back with our uh, with our book review, and we are continuing to talk about Excommunicated Warrior, The Seven Stages of Transition, written by Nick Kumlatsos. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, uh, this is the second week, I think, we've talked about the book. And we're uh, covering now the chapter that's titled Stage One Apprehension. And uh, but we got a lot out of the last discussion. We had a lot of people that actually listened to it. Nice. So that's yeah. nice to see that the message is getting out there. And Nick, it helps when you push it through your <laughs> network. Then more people find out about it. The reason that we do this is uh, it, it, a couple of reasons. One is we are you know, day in and day out working with veterans through Gallant Few. And if you're a veteran out there that needs some assistance in any area of your life, <clears throat> whether you are leaving the military tomorrow or you've been out for 30 years, check in with the Gallant Few Network because we will get you connected with one or more veterans that are local to you that have a similar background to you. And uh, we encourage you to get together periodically, do buddy checks, make sure that uh, everybody is staying on a good azimuth because it's too easy to get off azimuth. And most veterans, male and female, are not heads when it comes to admitting what they perceive to be weakness. And that's what this whole book is about, is talking about the experiences that Nick Kumlatsos went through when he left the, the active duty MARSOC, which is now the Raider community, and the things that he went through where he didn't want to admit weakness and, and some of the damage that it caused him and his relationships. So as we get into uh, stage one apprehension, what what uh, pops into your mind is the first big thing that you got out of the book? Um, I know you said, I'm, I'm pulling a fast one on you because yeah. you focused more on the last part. So let me back up because one of the things that caused him apprehension, when he talks about stage one apprehension, his entire adult life was spent in the Marine Corps. So he was given his clothes, he was given food, he was given shelter, he was given structure, Medical. things that didn't exist in his life ahead of time, to include a steady paycheck, mm -hmm. right? All of the benefits that come along with that, everything's taken care of. So life was easy. He knew what time he needed to be in formation. He knew uh, what when he was going to have off. He knew how many days a year he had off. And it was, there is a level of stability, even though when you get into deployments and things, there's a lot of instability, but there's a lot of stability that's built into the system. And so from the inside of that infrastructure, uh, he said, when you look out of that infrastructure, you get a lot of apprehension because you don't know what's out there. And one of the truths that he says is the end comes for us all, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you are a brand new private or if you are a four-star general, you are going to become a veteran someday, right? You're just, it's going to happen. So you are going to transition at some point. And the earlier that you start learning about that process, the more effective you can be as you go through that process. Uh, and he encourages people, even though, like he says, he, he, uh, he didn't like the cards that he was being dealt. He didn't like not being in control of his situation, but he encourages people to embrace the journey and learn from it as they go on, uh, as they go on that transition path. So as he goes through and he's trying to figure it out, one of the parts that I identify with is he went through his medical evaluations. He had never, um, 
really gone in and seen the doctors before. Because what happens when you're in the military? If you go and complain that your back is hurting, everybody's going to call you a wuss, right? Suck it up, keep going. Right. Or if you're trying out for or you're part of a special mission unit like he was, to admit that kind of physical weakness could get you pulled from the unit. And that there's nothing worse than that, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, you're not going to talk about your problems. So he says, here he is at, uh, like, I don't even remember what age he was, 30, 32 years old. And he says the doctor told him he had the body of a 72-year-old man. And what he meant was his knees, hips, back, spine, shoulders showed significant wear and tear that wouldn't normally be expected in somebody his age who was in the best shape of his life. And when you step outside of that environment, that pain starts catching up to you. Yeah. So it's really important to get it documented while you're still in the system, because if you don't, getting it proven later on is really, really tough. All right, so... Zach, you're, you were, uh, there were a couple of parts that you thought on the apprehension side, the expectations that he had mm-hmm. that were not met. What kind of expectations did he have? Um, he basically thought that, I mean, he, had th- he thought that, well, he knew that he had to take care of his family initially. He knew that he had to make a six-figure salary to maintain the luxury vehicles that he obtained while deployed several times. And because of all the different types of pay he had, you know, he lists some of them. Uh, special duty pay, free fall pay, combat divers pay, and uh, most months demolition pay. So basically one of the big things that he had to do was he had to find a job that he could sustain his lifestyle within that same community that he was living in that would pay for everything. Which is not very realistic. Exactly. And he mentions also he had a a house built and certain the special operations, the the MARSOC community, the actual legitimate family community, and that he realized once he was getting out, like there's not a job in this general area that can help me live how I'm living right now, unless it's in the Marine Corps uh, or the military for that matter. And then from that, though, I want to kind of say, you know, he, he does an NFL analogy. And, and the analogy basically states that on and off the field, he uh, the, a player always had the support from his team. But after an injury, the harsh reality is that the team can keep playing without him. The team is not going to stop the, their, you know, their careers, their world, just because, you know, number Well, not like that, but they don't have time for it. Exactly. Uh, it's not an option to just stop. And so that is a slap in the face, I think, to a lot of people. Um, and it's not, it's, it's something personal. It's like, you got to keep going for that mission. You got to keep going for the training. You have to keep going for maybe just the the military overall. And so I thought that was something relatable to me too, because yeah, he's expecting they're still going to keep hanging out with yeah. him and be buds. And they're like, dude, I don't have time for you. Anymore. Exactly. And, and it, that, that can cause you to get, your feelings hurt. Yeah. Right. And not only that, but that can basically be a contributing factor to the isolation factor once right. you're out. Um, that happened to me. My Marines that I was in Afghanistan with, we fought. And then I was sent away to get just to finish off the rest of my contract. And then a couple months after I was sent away, actually when I was sent away, they started their, doing their workup for their next deployment. And I was like, well, hey, don't forget about me. Like, well, hey, we, you know, it was nothing personal, but it was like, we got to keep, keep training, keep doing the workup and whatnot. Um, and that was basically a big thing that I got from uh, from what I was reading with Nick's book. And then he has a really good analogy as well was you can use your apprehension as a check engine light that's telling you you have to do things in order to ready yourself for the next stage, whether it's any type of transition, going from one, you know, maybe a happy marriage life to divorce or becoming from single to married and you know being with a family of three kids that aren't yours and you're trying to help raise them, things like that. It's having a plan. 
and then you know having support as well from maybe organizations, maybe people who you knew in the military who have already made that successful transition, maybe connecting with them and saying, hey, what'd you do? You know, how'd you get your bills in order? How'd you maintain X, Y, and Z? Things like that. And I didn't know that when I left the Marine Corps. So I think that was a big, and that's a big attaboy for Nick, was basically, hey, like, you know, red flag, you, you know, y'all need to get, get ready because this is what's going to happen. It's happened to numerous veterans. It's happened to veterans who have, have participated within a gallant few network. And I just, that resonates strongly. With well, and I think if you identify those things that give you that apprehension, that check engine light, and start making a list of them, mm-hmm. and, and they're from the income that you think you need to have, to finding health insurance, to where yeah. you want to live, to what are you going to do for your education. And when, when you do that, the functional emotional fitness coaching that we do focuses on keeping that internal self-talk in a positive fashion. Yeah. Not why can't I find a job that makes the same income, but what do I need to do to find a job that makes the same income? It's a different mentality and it doesn't allow you to have excuses. If you ask yourself a why can't I question, the only way you can answer a why question is with because. And because is an excuse and a reason to continue the behavior you don't want Mm -hmm. or getting the results you don't want. So you got to change that, make it positive. What do I need to do to? And if you list all those things out, then that starts providing you kind of a game plan for uh, for going forward. Yeah. So next one is stage two excitement. So we'll we ought to be uh, back on track next week. Next yep. Monday we'll we'll do one of these. And uh, you know I highly recommend this book, Excommunicate a Warrior: Seven Stages of Transition. I think you can find it on Amazon. You can go to nickkumalatsos.com. Good luck spelling his name, but uh, maybe we'll put the link in the. Uh, if you want an autographed yeah. copy, I think you got to go to this website to get it. But um, we'll continue the conversation on this. And uh, if anybody listens to this and you want to make some comments on what we're doing here, you want to contribute to it, make sure you tag Zachary. So if if you're in Facebook or someplace else, make sure that you put um, Zach Sabalos or Carl Monger as the tag so that we can find it and then we can respond to you. So um, We love to hear the feedback, too, because that will allow us to kind of to grow and to basically – Help, our, help ourselves educate to where we can help more listeners, readers, viewers, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, and if you don't like this, tell us. And yeah. We'll do other stuff. Maybe we'll add music or something. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have strippers in the background. Oh! <laughs> well, it's, a, it's audio, though. I'm not. They wouldn't know. I'm not paying for them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. Until right. then. Be brave, be bold, be gallant.